lot of friends, but gained some brothers and sisters. Speaking of sisters, I see my sister Jennifer get saved. For half her life, we prayed. She's come a long way, and someday she'll write a book. You may just read every page. I'm saying, though, I'll place my hope in what is unseen and put my trust in the one who resurrects their dreams. and says, welcome home to the sanctuary. Good morning. All right. Anybody here for the first time today? Amen. Amen. Let's welcome them. Just going to move this out the middle here. Amen. Anybody excited this morning? Come on. We excited about the word this morning? All right, all right. Thank you, Amber. Thank you, baby. Amen. You're a true Boca Chica. <laughs> Church, there's so much going on in our world, isn't there? This morning, I was, you know, I was so paranoid to, to miss the hour and show up an hour late to church. So I was up like two hours, you know, earlier than regular, you know, because I just, I was scared. And so, you know, you, you, I, I put on the news and, and, and it's just, you know, one thing after another, another picture after another of just waves washing through places of, of nuclear reactors. I mean, you know, blowing up and, 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 and then, you know, you, to, to, to go in between all of that, it's, it's the, the people dying on the bus and the people dying and, and, just this week alone, Pastor Gary and I were at two funerals. And it's just, there's so much going on in this world. And, and people have so many questions, you know. It, it's time, church, it's time for the sleeper to awaken. It's time for the church to be the church. Amen? It's time for us to stop comparing ourselves to other churches, to stop, you know, going back and forth. Who has this? Who has the latest that? Shut up. It's time for us to really just be the church. Amen? Listen, this is not time for more conferences, for more workshops, for more bless me conventions, for more places where Christians can go and get encouraged and get encouraged and get goosebumps and feel the presence of God. It's time to just be the church. Amen? It's the, the, the world, and, and listen, understand, well, he, here's a quote, here's a quote before I get ahead of myself here. Here's the quote for today. If you really want to do something, you will find a way. If you don't, you'll find an excuse. I want to just cast some vision this morning, and Pastor Gary was talking about it, but church, when we talk about taking this building... I want you to understand, it's not us saying, oh, look, I mean, all these people are dying, 10,000 missing. All these people are grieving, and, and so we're going to be here, let's build a, a, a nicer church, let's build a bigger, uh, you know, temple. We're not, we're not, we don't care about, we're not like, we want to raise any money to, to get fancier this or more. No, we just want more space, because it's all about souls. It's all about people. So, so please understand that with me. We're not trying to, you know, to, to, to be because we want to, you know, be something else, because we want to own something, or because, listen, for the money that we're paying right now in rent, we should be owning, period. 
And, and we just want to be good stewards of God's money. I don't want to keep us just paying rent and paying rent and knowing that every year 5%, it goes up and up and up and up and up. And we're paying things that we shouldn't be paying. Right? And so if we would just get together, how much? We need $100,000. There it is. Right now we're paying $9,500 a month to have this side of the building. For that much money, we can have the whole building and then some. Amen? And so, listen, that, that, that's, I, I truly believe that God adds to His church. Uh, we, we're not about like, oh, we've got to have more numbers than that church. or than they, I could care less. But I, I believe, like in the book of Acts, God adds to the church. But when does God and how does God add when the church, the people, are being the church? Amen? That's when he adds. When, when the people, in the book of Acts, it was added when the people were being the church. Ch- uh, family, I, I want what God wants. I want more people to accept the love and receive the love of God. I want to build not just sanctuary. I want to build sanctuaries. I want to build sanctuaries where, where people could come in and not be judged and not be mocked and not be told that, that they have to get all their stuff together before they could be part of this. But a place where a sanctuary where people could run in and just be safe and just take cover for a little bit and just, and just get loved on and just feel the presence of God and just be accepted and not be forced to change or forced to do anything, but just have a place where they can sit and allow the love of God to deal with anything that God needs to deal with. Amen? This is the, the sanctuaries that I'm talking about. They're not for consumer Christians. They're not for those, you know, that, that oh, I, I go over here because the worship is hot. I go over there because the speaker's better. I go over here because um, they get free coffee. I go over here because, uh, I mean, you know, we go back and forth. And, and it's so ridiculous in light of what's going on in the world. It's so sad that all we care about is there's more comfortable chairs in this sanctuary. Or, or it's, it's more entertaining. It's more fun in this other place. Oh, this is where it's happening. This is where it's so sad that we won't rise up and be the church. Amen? Listen, if, if God wanted us to remain a small furnace of 20 to 30 people like we started in my house, I'd be fine with that. If that's what God wanted, listen, as long as we were being effective, as long as we were making a difference, as long as we were living God loud and on purpose, I'd be fine with that. But that doesn't even... I don't even see how that would work. Because if 20 or 30 of us got together and started being effective and started praying and things started happening, then the people that would be affected by those prayers, they'd want to be part of that thing that affected them. And they wanted to be people affectors too. And so it would be impossible to keep it at that. Do do you understand? So it's not about numbers for us. It's about souls. And, and I want you to understand, listen, every time that we've taken a step of faith, God has met us every time. Right? Who's, who's been with us since the beginning? Look around. Since the beginning. Come on. You were in my house at the first service or, or at least in the, in, the, in the first little, little place in the bathroom. Every time. And listen, each time that we stepped out, it was ridiculous. It was ridiculous. 
we, we'd have to have a meeting and say, you think we could pay $600 a month? Oh, my God. Like, really? Yeah, yeah, we can do this. We can do this, you know? And then, and then we did it, and then you think we could pay $3,000? Huh? Pass out, you know? Like, really, like half the team is on the floor. Three thousand. Oh my! And and every time it was a risk. Every time it was difficult. Every time it cost us something. But listen, this is so amazing. Every time we grew the place, God filled the space. Every time, amen. Every time we grew the place, God filled the space. Listen, I just want to be obedient to God. And even last night at the funeral, uh, a sister gave me another confirmation. She's, she said to me, God told me that you are in the right place. So don't even think about moving. Don't think about going anywhere else. You're in the right place. God showed, she said, God showed me how the buildings around are going to crumble. And, and she said, and you know, she asked God, what, what, what is that? Buildings crumbling. That's not what we want, you know. But no, she, God said, in the spirit. That the, the walls were going to come down. That more and more people were going to pass by and ask questions. That more and more people were going to seek. You know, we have people tell us all the time from the stores and the, and the things over there, I don't know what you guys are doing in there, but those people come out happy. Right? They tell us all the time, I, I don't know what's going on over there, but how come those people come out happy? Are you giving out money or something? You know, and so the, 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 the community needs to see that, amen? But listen, I'll never forget the responses that we got from some people when we first started stepping out. Some people actually said to us, but who told you you can do this? Like, I wanted to slap that person, but, but I'm a good Christian man, so I did it. People, people told us, but, but, but what, if, what if you start something and nobody comes? But, but what, if, what if it fails? But what if we don't have enough money to do it? But what if we can't afford it? But what if it costs too much? No, this is all three about money. But, but it's risky, but, but we're taking a chance. Listen, if you surround yourself with nothing but but people, you'll never accomplish anything. Understand, to get to where we are, we, we had to step past a lot of butts. So allow me this morning to continue in our journey through the book of Genesis. We've been studying Genesis since January of last year. In a message today titled, Does this make my butt look big? See, sometimes we let our butts get bigger than our dreams. We, we let our butts get bigger than our desires that, that God put in our hearts. We let our butts get bigger than the destiny that God has put in us. And listen, when you let your butt get that big, you will never take a risk. You will never step out of the boat. You will never walk on water. So, so walk with me this morning. Genesis 39. <laughs> The youth are happy. Let's go. Genesis 39. 
Let's do a quick recap. Joseph was a young man when his brothers turned on him, when they threw him in the pit to die. And, and after a little, I was thinking about this. Remember, they, they, they beat him up and they threw him in a pit and left him to die. But then after a little while, Judah tells him, we can't just leave him to die. Let's get him out of the pit. So I, I just started thinking this for a minute. Imagine Joseph, how Joseph felt when the brothers came back to get him out of the pit. Can you imagine, like for a moment, he was... Oh, Thank God. I knew you guys. I knew you guys wouldn't leave me here. I knew you guys wouldn't do this to me. I knew you guys weren't going to leave me here to die. I knew. I knew you guys were. You're my brothers, man. I knew you wouldn't do this to me. Can you imagine for, for a moment that, that Joseph was, you know, his feelings, what, what he was going through. He said, oh, man, thank God. That as, he, as they reached him out of the pit, thank you, man. Thank you. I love you, bro. I know. I know. I know. I'm, I'm, I need to chill out. I, need, I know. I need to stop talking, running my mouth. I know, man. But, but thank God that you guys wouldn't. And then as he's still talking, they just drag him and sell him to somebody as a slave. Listen, if you've ever been hurt by a family member, if you've ever been betrayed by, by someone you know, close to you, then, then maybe you could at least start to identify with what Joseph is feeling right now. Let's look at it a little differently for a minute. So Joseph gets sold into slavery... But God goes with him. So he gets sold to some men that were passing by, but they end up selling him to the second most influential man in all of Egypt. So he becomes a slave to Potiphar, but God grants him favor, and before long he's running the place. See, we can bring our butts to church, but we have to put our butts in the right place. Are you with me? See, we can shout, God, we can't do this. But that never stopped you before. We, we can shout, God, that's too much money. But you've always supplied every need according to, you, to, your, to your supply. Amen? We can shout, but, but you know, it, it's, it's, it's too risky to step out in faith. What if this and what if this and what if this economy and this? But, but... God, when you call us to walk on water, you're always right there to catch us when we take our eyes off of you. Amen? See, you have to put your butts in the right place. That's a whole other message. So we left off last week. Joseph was running the place. He was running. He was large and in charge. He was running the place. Everything was left in his care. And he was learning. God was teaching him how to be trustworthy, how to be trusted. He was teaching him strategies. He was preparing Joseph for some incredible things that were to come, right? And so God was building Joseph's character. Now, if we read in Genesis 39, 6, it gives us a little insight that we need to understand before we move along in the story. It says at the end of Genesis 39, 6, Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. This is the TSF version. Joseph was a papichulo. Joseph had it going on. Joseph was all that and then some. You understand what I'm saying? All the women in Potiphar's house, they called Joseph McDreamy. <laughs> Verse 4 
7, it says, After some time, his master's wife was checking McDreamy out. It says that. Read that in your Bibles. And she told him, Come, lie with me. She, she t- the, the master's wife tells him, When are you going to get with this? Come lie with me. And, and so, fellas, you need to understand something right here. This is some real temptation. This isn't no ugly Betty. Somebody in that position, he would have the second most beautiful woman in all of the country. So, so this was some legitimate temptation. She was a hottie with a body, and she wanted her some McSteamy or McDreamy. So, so Joseph responds to her again and again. He says, woman, stop. And, and, and finally he tells her, listen, your husband, he explains to her. He says, your husband has given me everything. How could I do this to him and sin before my God? See, Joseph called it what it was, he, and he kept on refusing her. And so one day, it says, the word says there in Genesis 39, nobody was around. She grabs him by his garment, and she pulls him into the room. She says, come lie with me. And the word tells us that Joseph did like a little shimmy, and he was out, and he, and he, and he left her, and he broke out. And so he left her with his garment in her hand. So let's clear it up. That doesn't mean he ran out naked, but Joseph was in his undergarments. He left his outer garment in her hand and ran away. Church, the only temptation the Bible tells us to flee from is sexual immorality. Every other sin, God says stand. God says be strong. God says overcome. God says you're more than a conqueror. When it comes to sexual immorality, God says flee. That's the only four-letter F word the Bible wants you to be using. Flee. When it comes to that stuff, flee. <laughs> so, so Joseph left, left the clothes. Listen, listen, side note. The first time Joseph lost his coat was because he had no character. That this time he loses his coat and gains his character. Oh, man, that's good stuff. See, church, sometimes we have to lose something in order to gain something. Sometimes we have to let go of something to really get a hold of something else. Amen? So when she realized all she had was the garment in her hand, this nasty woman, she starts screaming and yelling and calling for all the men of the house. And when all the men come and when her husband comes, she says, That desgraciado, he tried to rape me. Look, I have his clothes. I left his, he left his clothes with me when I started screaming. So she falsely accuses him of rape. The husband finally came and, and Joseph gets thrown in jail. Somebody, man, that life is jacked up right now, right? You think you got it bad. But Joseph's been betrayed He's been beat up by his brothers. He's been betrayed by his brothers. He's been sold as a slave twice. And now he's accused of something he didn't even do. And he's thrown in prison. Side note, this this question left me tripping a little bit. What have we left in the enemy's hands that he can use to make accusations against us? (laughs) 
See, we can hear this story now and say, but that's not fair. But, but he didn't do anything wrong. But now he's going to get in trouble. But now he'll never be able to get free. But, but he should fight back. He should defend himself. But, but he should, uh, you know, accuse her back. And it's easy when we find ourselves in similar situations to let our butts get so big that we can't move forward. But sometimes we have to sit on our butts and trust God. The most important but is right in the story. Verse 21 says, but the Lord was with Joseph. See, and, and, and it says it show, he showed himself steadfast and gave him favor with the warden. And so quickly the warden put Joseph in charge of the prison. I mean, I mean when God's favor is with you, it's ridiculous, right? The world will say, man, that guy's lucky. Ain't no luck. That's the favor of God that wherever you go, God brings you up. Wherever you go, God makes you rise. Listen, you could be in some ugly situations, but with the favor of God, God will make you the best in that situation. We, we got to get a hold of this, man. Because whatever you're going through today, wherever you are, you can experience the favor of God. Just put the butt in the right place. You can say, I'm in a bad situation right now, but God is with me. You can say, I'm struggling in this area, but God hasn't left me. Everyone has turned their backs on me, but God, you're still with me. You can say, this time I really blew it. This time it is my fault. But even there, God hasn't left you alone. Has anybody received that this morning? Let's move on. Chapter 40. We're going to get through Genesis. Amen? So it, it says, sometime after this, the cupbearer and the baker committed an offense against the king. And Pharaoh was angry with them and put them in prison where Joseph was. And they were there for a while. And then one day they both had a dream. So, the, you know, the king, the pharaoh being who he is, he had somebody that just brings his cup, the cup bearer. And then he had somebody that just bakes. That's the baker, right? And so he had all these people just, you know, around him to do. And so these guys did something shady and they got locked up. They got thrown into prison. But remember, they got thrown into the prison where Joseph was in charge. So verse 6 says, when Joseph came to them in the morning, he saw that they were troubled. Now, I, I had to stop here because I said, man, it would be easy for Joseph to be walking around because of all the wrong done against him. It'd be easy for him now to, to think everything should revolve around me because of everything I've been through. Anybody know some people like that? We've been those people, right? Listen, Joseph could be one of the angriest dudes in lockup. He could have the worst attitude because he's so angry about all the injustice and all the junk that he's been through. And if, and if we read about it and if we read about it that way, most of us would probably understand. If, if we find out like Joseph flipped and he killed the cupbearer and he killed the baker, we'd say, I, you know, I, it's not right, but I understand the guy's been through a lot. Right? We would be able to justify and, and, and maybe just at least understand, have empathy for him. Right? But, but listen, it, it, says, it says instead he, he, he noticed that they were sad. 
So Joseph's not thinking about himself right now. He noticed that they were sad. Listen, church, there are people in this room right now, and I can say this because I know some of the stories, that if they told us everything they've been through, it would make the worst of our stories seem like a cakewalk. And you know what? Some of those people are the sweetest, most loving, most caring people in this church. Because things have been done to you doesn't give you the right to... Not if the love of God is in you. Not if, not if you're walking in Christ. Not if God has made you a new creation. Not if God is healing you. Not if God is touching you. Not if you keep your eyes on God. Amen? And so Joseph was left in prison. Joseph could be angry. He could be bitter. But verse 6 tells us that he took notice that these two prisoners were sad. So he cares that the butler and the baker look sad today. And, and he could say better than any one of us, but I was betrayed, but I was sold, but I'm still a slave, but now I'm in jail, but I'm hurt, but I'm angry, but I didn't do anything, but it wasn't even my fault. His butts would definitely look a lot bigger than our butts. But instead, he notices and takes into consideration the feelings of these two men. Side note, this is one of the keys to living a godly life. Being an others-centered person. Joseph could have justified the self-centeredness in his life. He could say, man, i got to take care of myself right now. How many of us have said that? Listen, i got to do me right now. Forget, I, you're, you're sad, I'm sorry. You know, take an aspirin and get over it. Right? Here's a blessing you, Dominus, get out. Right? But i got to be about me right now. I've been through enough stuff. I've been through, you don't understand what I've been through. i got to do me right now. But little did Joseph know that his concern for these others would be the key that would eventually get him out of there. And so he asked the two gentlemen, he says, what's wrong, man? Tell me. And so they both said, well, both of us had a dream and there's nobody here to interpret it. And so the chief cupbearer says, Joseph says, well, tell me the dreams. Isn't God the interpreter of dreams? So tell me the dreams. And so the cupbearer says, okay, in my dream, there was a vine before me. And on that vine, there were three branches. And as soon as the branches budded, the blossoms shot forth and the clusters ripened with grapes. And the Pharaoh's cup was in my hand. And I took the grapes and I pressed them into the Pharaoh's cup and I placed them in the Pharaoh's hands. And God gave Joseph insight and Joseph said, it says Joseph gave him the interpretation. Joseph said, the three branches are three days. And in three days, Pharaoh will lift up your head and restore you to office. And you shall place again the Pharaoh's cup in his hand as formerly when you were his cupbearer. So, I mean, that's a good interpretation, right? If somebody tells you, well, listen, that means in three days your life's going to turn around. You'd be excited. I, I know I would. Because in three days, I come looking for that guy if it didn't happen. You know, like it's easy. It's not like he's going to say, in three seasons. You know, that could be, you know, I'm 89, you know. He said, in three days, this is going to happen. And so the baker got excited. The baker heard that good interpretation, and he got excited. And he said, well, all right, come on, let me give you my, let me give you my story. He said, I also had a dream. And there were three cake baskets on my head. And in the uppermost basket, there were all sorts of baked food for the Pharaoh. But the birds kept eating it out of the basket on my head. And so Joseph 
gave him the interpretation. Joseph said, the three baskets are three days, and in three days Pharaoh will lift up your head from you and hang you on a tree, and the birds will eat the flesh from you. That is some hardcore truth. Amen? Joseph didn't hold back. There was no sugarcoating it. I read a commentary that said, How many there are who are willing to preach the cupbearer's sermon, but unwilling to preach the baker's sermon? Nobody wants to hear that truth. So three days later, it all happens. The one is restored and the other is hung. See, the truth of the gospel is that some will perish and some will have everlasting life. That's the truth. We can't sugarcoat that. We can't say, I, I was at a funeral once and it broke my heart. I heard the minister tell the family there that, listen, don't worry. Even Don't worry that he didn't live a godly life. Don't worry that he never accepted the Lord. Don't worry that he never served God. Don't worry that he didn't have a relationship with God. Because even after death, Jesus pursues us with his love. And, and I sat there like, wow. Like I wanted to look through all the Bible. Where is that? Where did you pull that from? Like the Bible, the, the, the book of Defarate, right? <laughs> Listen, the truth of the gospel is that some will perish and some will have everlasting life. The, the beauty of the gospel is that it's God's will that none should perish. So, okay, so one lives and one dies, but no one remembers. Joseph told him, tell the Pharaoh that I'm here. That I gave you the interpretation, that, that, I'm, that God speaks to me. Tell them of me that I've been wrongly accused. But no one remembers Joseph. And so, and so Joseph is forgotten again. Add that to his Twitter. Chapter 41. After two whole years, Pharaoh has a dream. Like we can read it in a sentence in a second, but... Two whole more years in prison for something he didn't do. How many think that's fair? It says, after two whole years, Pharaoh has a dream. And listen, it's a real interesting, it's a real prophetic dream. Does anyone like find it interesting that God is giving prophetic dreams to non-believers through this? These weren't Christians. These weren't people serving God. These were Egyptians probably serving all kinds of false gods. They probably had altars in their houses to all kinds of gods, like, like some of us do. They, they probably had all kinds of idols that they served, but God was giving them dreams. Listen, church, that's why whenever I pray for people, I always ask God, God, give them dreams. Because for some, for some of us, that's the only time we shut up long enough to hear something from God. And so I believe God will still give us dreams. I believe God still speaks to us in dreams. God can speak to anyone, right? Amen? So, so Pharaoh has a pretty scary and an amazing dream, and it's going to change the course of history for, for Egypt. And, and God is about to reveal some pretty incredible stuff to Joseph. And through Joseph, God is going to save mankind, but that's going to have to wait till next week to be continued. Right now, I just want to leave you with this. When God gives Joseph the interpretation to this next dream, God unlocks Joseph from the prison and he sets him up as the second highest ruler in the whole land. And so now he's gone from the pit 
to the pinnacle, from rags to riches, but it took, most people believe, 13 years. Church, a godly life is a process. Amen? If I'm sorry if anybody told you to get you here, they lied to you, and they said, listen, if you come to church, everything's going to be all right. If you just accept Jesus, watch, watch. The pastor's going to ask you to say this little prayer, and you're going to go up to the front. You're going to say this little magic prayer, and everything's going to change. And everything's going to be gravy. From It's like you fell into a butter tub. Everything's just going to be smooth and easy. If somebody told you that, I, I'm sorry, but that's not the truth. That's the sugary gospel. That's, that's not the real deal. Amen? A godly life is a process, but I, wanna, I want you to kind of ask yourselves today, what buts have you been living with? Is the way you're acting, the way you're living, does, does it make my butt look big? I, and I, you know, I know that sounds a little funny and I meant it to be funny, but it's real serious too. If your butts are looking bigger than your God, then you're focusing on the wrong things. See, your butts can stop you from moving forward, from growing up, from maturing, from stepping out into destiny, from living your dream, from being all that God has created you and I to be. And we, we've all gone through some things. We're all still going through some things. And the church family, as on this side of heaven, we're all going to keep going through some things. Amen? Worship team, you guys can come. It'll give them a little hope like it's finished. I just want to give you this scripture in James 1, 2, and 4. Because listen, man, we're going through, even now the world is going through a lot of things. And, and even, even us, we go through a lot of things. And sometimes things aren't fair. And, you know, sometimes we, we shake a fist at God and say, God, if you were a God of love, how'd you let this happen? If, if you were real, God, you wouldn't let this happen. You wouldn't have me in this situation. But James 1 says this, Consider it all joy, my brethren, when you encounter various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And endurance, has, let endurance have its perfect results so that you may be perfect, complete, and lacking in nothing. You understand that trials and testing and hard times, they create endurance in us. And endurance in us allows us to continue on. And it says making us perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. I, I want you to hear it in another translation for those of you that don't speak King James. Consider it a sheer gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides. Under pressure, listen, under pressure, your faith life is forced into the open and it shows its true colors. So don't try to get out of anything prematurely. 
Let it do its work in you so that you can become mature and well-developed, not deficient in any way. Church, Joseph, like Jesus, remember we said Joseph was a picture of Jesus. And so Joseph, like Jesus, can, can easily say, they both say it, but I was betrayed, but I was beaten, but I was broken, but I was forsaken, but I was sold as a slave, but I was counted as dead. But the gospel tells us, but I was lifted up that I can lift up others. But I was delivered that I may be a deliverer. But I was saved that I may be a savior. Family, whatever you're going through right now, before you respond, before you react, ask yourselves, is my butt in the right place? Am I allowing it to be bigger than what God has done? Or am I allowing my own insecurities and my own doubts to, to stop me from doing what God wants us to do? Church, like I started with, it's time for the church to be the church. And if you missed last week's message, it was simply, who are you pointing to? Is your life pointing to God or is it pointing to you? Is it pointing to your issues? Is it pointing to your problems? Is it pointing to your past? Is it pointing to your insecurities and your failures and your doubts? Or is your life pointing to God? If there has ever been a time in, 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 in this world when we need to point to God, it's now. If there's ever been a time to say, you know what, I, I have been through a lot, but it's not going to be about me no more. I'm not trying to make little of the things that you've gone through. I know some of you have been through some horrific things. But we have to get to the point where we say, you know, I'm not going to let that affect me anymore. I'm stepping out of that garment and I'm, I'm gaining some character. And I'm moving forward and I'm putting myself where I need to be. And I'm going to be who I need to be and I'm going to shine. And everywhere I go, I'm going to shine. And everyone I talk to, I'm going to shine. And no, no matter what I do, it's going to reflect and give glory to God. Because everything that I am is because everything that He's done. So church, if, if, if that's you if, you, if you're saying, man, today I want to make that commitment. I want to make it solid. I've been, li listen, I might embarrass you for a minute, but you, you can say, listen, I've been a complainer. I've been a whiner. I've been one of those in the church that are always just looking for somebody I can dump my stuff on. I've been one of those that I always, I always want to, you know, go up to the leaders and grab their hands and say, pray for me, pray for me, I got issues, pray for me, pray for me. And I just want everybody praying for me. Can, can you say today, listen, I'm going to be the one that prays. 
today, I'm going to be because there, there's not enough leaders in this place. There's not enough leaders in this community. There's not enough people that are, that are stepping out and being who God called us to be. We need every single one of us. Amen? Do you know that you're, when you're in this covering, you're, you have this covering and the anointing that's over this covering is on you? Do you understand that the anointing that's on the worship leaders, the, the anointing that's on the ministry team, the anointing that's on the prayer team, the anointing that's on the prophetic team, it's nothing special that's not on you? It is special, but it's not, they're not any special than you. That same anointing goes to the last seat by the closet. That same anointing goes to the ladies' room if anybody's hiding in the last stall. Bless them right now. But it's the same anointing that we all need to walk in. Amen? So can, can we just stand as a body and say, man, that's going to be us. That's going to be us. Taking this building, that's small change. That is small change. Come on, some of you still holding your wallets too tight. You're like, I don't know about that. That's small change. Listen, whatever you put out, God blesses. I'd rather have 90%. I'd rather have 75% blessed than the full 100% under a curse. Because I'm not stepping out under obedience. Because I'm not, because I'm, I'm one of those that just come to church and say, well, it's too cold in here. It's too hot in here. It's too this. It's too that. But you never paid the Con Ed bill. Come on, church. It's time that we as a family would take this on. Amen? I'm not trying to raise my salary. I left, I left this and I work a corporate job now. So I'm not trying to say, I want more money for me. Don't say pastor wants a new car. No, pastor's going to buy himself a new car. God blessed me with an incredible job. And so I'm working full time. So I, I can tell you this, amen. And I want to tell you that out of the 100,000 I've committed on top of my, my, my regular tithes and offering, I'm going to put an extra thousand on that. And I'm pretty sure my wife said she's going to put an extra thousand because she just got blessed with a, with a new job. So, so, so understand now, we're not talking 100, we're talking 98. It left three figures already, it's down to two. Let's just do this thing, amen? Let's just do this thing, let's worship before you're gone. Let's, let's just give God everything, the last little bit we got left. In, I'm not taking an offering, I mean, I mean from in you. Let's just give the last little bit we have left before we leave this place. Come on.